there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. <laughs> or is he? Or is he? We're tracking down Dr. Rashi Bittar right now. As always, uh, running around uh, helping folks to heal. And uh, we got Dr. Bittar ready guy. yet? Yeah, he is a busy guy. Uh, he, you know, the thing is, when, when we get him on at this time, he misses his opening. He loves his opening. I All the know. Star Trek sound effects. And it's like we have to tell him, yep, we played it, Dr. Bittar. He's going to go, he doesn't know. We could we could have played. Doctor the, is in transit. The bad doctor is in transit. Right. Uh, we we have uh, uh, let's say the ability for all of us to get together. Honestly, once in a while doesn't happen every day, but we get to deliver out to the world Mondays, Advanced Medicine Mondays, typically. Upcoming, the twenty first through the twenty fifth of this month in Chicago at Autism One, another opportunity to actually be present. So if you're in the Midwest or if you think you can get there. Make your arrangements. Go to autismone.org, also autismdefined.net, and learn what's coming up with Dr. Batar, RSB, and more. We're going to you know, hook up with Roy Dittman. We're going to hook up with uh, uh, Dr. John Hicks, talk about CBD. And Dr. Batar, he's really in. Dr. Batar, welcome back, my friend. The doctor's in? Yes, he's in. All right, guys, I'm, I'm always running late. <laughs> you, 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 I won't make any Ty Bollinger jokes there. And insert right now. But uh, we have uh, we. Ha- and the thing is, I was just I was just saying, you get to miss your great opening every week, and you don't get pumped up like we do for what you're yeah, about to do. I need to probably get that somehow. Get that off the recording or something, just so that I have that myself. You're right. I do need to see that. You, I love you should that. make it make it your ringtone on your cell phone. That's hey, a good if idea. Hook me up with that, Don. That would be amazing. I'd really like that. Send it to Josh. He'll he'll hook him up and have a ringtone like that, and he'll be in. He'll be pumped up all week long. Yeah, the well, problem God, is it's pompous and arrogant for me to have it on my own ringtone, but that's okay. I'll do that. You, well, you you could you could put it on uh, you could put it on your wife's ringtone. How would she like that? Yeah, that she, she, I'm sure she probably wouldn't. She she would she already doesn't answer the phone when I call her. So that's <laughs> okay, okay. Well, listen, I, you know, Ty visited with you last week. He visited with me this week. We had a good time uh, doing some video for the Truth About Cancer series. He couldn't honestly, uh, and I'm not just saying this because he probably uh, uh, punched me with love, of course, if I told him how much he was raving about your interview when you what you did with him last week when he was at your office. Well, we, we uh, had a good time, but the information is on a daily basis what we exchange with patients all the time. And, you know, with the, with the 17 years now that I've been doing this in this type of medicine, with the patients, the type of patients that we've had from all walks of life, from every cultural diversity, I mean, you, you, can, you can imagine every culture that we've uh, seen patients from, and all the nuances that come with the geographical boundaries that we're transcending, there's certain common universal components, Robert, that come right across that defy your culture, your religion, your ethnic mm-hmm. uh, basis. It, it's, it's just universal towards cancer. For example, just as an example so everybody understands what I'm talking about, because right now I'm talking from a theoretical basis, but the pain 
that a person is experiencing, the emotional, psychological pain, the harboring of ill will towards somebody. Sometimes these people have been dead and long gone, and yet the person still has this anger about something that they feel they were wrong, and mm-hmm. they've kept it inside them for years and years, and it's festered like an abscess and rotted away until it manifests itself as this cancerous process. So when Ty and I were talking about this, and I started explaining to him what my observations over the last 17 years were and which patients were successful and which patients were, were not. To me, I was just expressing what I've seen. But for Ty, and, you know, he said to me afterwards, he said, man, that was, that was awesome. You really blew it out of the park. I wasn't trying to blow it out of the park. I was just trying to make yes. sure that a person that's watch, listening to that uh, interview or watching that video would truly get something that would help them to understand, if nothing else, how to prevent this disease process from manifesting in their own life. And the first thing, anybody who's listening here, if you ever want to know the most important preventive thing from a cancer perspective, forgive everybody that you feel has wronged you. Truly mm. forgive them. In the Bible, in the, in the Quran, in the Torah, it talks about forgiveness. It talks about letting things go. I believe that's one of the most critical solutions that mankind has forgotten to prevent this process, the cancerous process, the oncogenic process from starting, is to allow the release mm-hmm. of those emotions so they don't eat away inside you because they literally and figuratively will start to eat away inside you. Yeah, Dr. Batari, you know, some of the most exciting things we've gotten to discuss over the years and even when we first met so many years ago was this concept of the spiritual source of, of, of disease as well as the vitality if you're connected uh, that and I, I think I, in fact, I it brought it up when we were talking when he was interviewing me. I talked about, I said, as Doctor Batar talks about the spiritual toxicity. You know, we can do everything beautifully right, perfectly right, eat only the cleanest organic non-GMO foods, and harbor, you know, some form of resentment or, you know, as you said, th- this anger, and cancer can manifest in the in the body, in the physical body, and that is not often discussed, certainly within traditional medical uh, circles, but. Even those that are holistically inclined can often miss how important that is. And, Robert, I don't want to bring this into a personal realm, but I think I'm going to because, again, we haven't rehearsed this as we... I guess, Don, how often do we rehearse our shows? Rehearse? Yeah, yeah rehearse. I don't, how often do I don't think you ever rehearse the show, well, do you? Exactly. I, that was, I, <laughs> I kind of set out there because I'm, I'm kind of going to do something. Maybe it's not the most appropriate, but you know, Ty and I talked about this a little uh-huh. bit. Um, but Robert, this is close to your heart because there was Mm. somebody that you sent to me that had cancer, Mm. Uh, somebody who you've known for a long time. And I recently learned that she passed away. Yes. And Uh, we, we, we can, we can say, you know, a dear friend that did pass, uh, uh, just a a absolute, uh, a golden heart. And uh, she had been on a journey. She saw you initially. She went many places, I think, even after that. And uh, I hadn't heard. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the reasons I was going to bring up. Go ahead and finish that thought. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but there was a reason I brought her up. Yeah, no, I remember there was a lot of, uh, believe me, she's a dear friend. We talked a lot, obviously, off the air on the, these things, uh, of uh, a basis for where does cancer arise? Is it just purely a physical thing? It goes into emotions and spiritual. And she went on to a lot of doctors uh, even after seeing you. Well, when she came to us, uh, we started her treatment. She responded really well, but then it was time for her to take three to four weeks off. And she didn't want to go back to the U.K., so she wanted to some, do something else here in the States. And I recommended uh, one of my colleagues in Mexico where she could go get out. She had to leave the U.S. because of a visa issue. I recommended that, and then she was supposed to come back. She went. 
to this friend of mine who's a very good doctor and um, unfortunately got swayed by a, a something that he thought was necessary, which, you know, I have no aversion to it except that she had already responded to the treatment, so she needed the next level, which was that emotional, psychological. But she went down another route. And my friend and I had some long discussions about this for her treatment because he uses low-dose chemo, which I don't use, and I didn't want her to use it. But they went down that path. Whether or not that had an impact, I don't know, and it doesn't matter because, really, I know people that have gone through that, that route and they've done fine. But it was the lack of addressing the emotional, psychological toxicity that she had which is why I think that she didn't make it, because it never got addressed. She never came back after that. And, I mean, she, you know, she communicated with me a couple of times. She needed some advice here and there, but she never came back for the next phase, which was all to do with that emotional, psychological component. So when I learned right. that she had transitioned, uh, I wasn't surprised, but just look at her history. She was a doctor herself, and mm -hmm. her mother, who was a doctor, was murdered in... Africa, while she was there trying to help people, yes. that anger, that emotional toxicity that she had harbored in her, every day she's, at, she's taking care of patients, that's like a post-traumatic stress disorder uh, flare-up that she's experiencing every time. Nobody had ever addressed that with her, and that was the next phase of her treatment, which never got taken care of, and I believe that's mm -hmm. what her ultimate transition was a result sure. of. And listen, we work hard and you work hard to save the lives of all those who come to see you to get you know help and assisted. We recognize that, that life is beyond the physical shell as well. That you know, even if someone doesn't make it in their battle, if you want to call it that, for to overcome cancer, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, as we see people that leave this place, we perceive them to be in a far better place than than we may be right now. But that doesn't mean we don't fight for life. You know, that, this is a gift that we're here together, and we're here for how much time? Some we don't know usually, but while we're here, we get. Uh, like you say, I know you are mission oriented, Doctor Batar, as am I, and we know that when the mission's done, it's done. And you know, who's to say? Like I knew her mother, uh, an absolute wonderful healer. Uh, uh, you know, to to be ripped from this place in that way. Uh, you know, it hurt my heart when it happened because I remember that. But so, yeah, you're right. You know, we are far from rehearsing anything we do on the air here. Uh, but these are the life journeys, the choices that souls make. And, Robert, I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because the transition to the next realm, what what most people call death, you and I know already there is no such thing as death. It is one phase of passing into a new phase of growth. And it is no more death than it is where we came from when we were born. And so we... When people start to understand that when somebody, quote, dies, you're going back to the same place from where you came. What is that place? I don't know. I don't know any more than what you or anybody else knows, but our society has labeled it as death, as a finality, whereas, in fact, it is going back to the origin of where we came from. And whatever belief system somebody has, whether it's a religious belief system, it's a spiritual belief system, whatever it is, nobody can refute the fact that you're going back to the same place that you came from. So by definition, it can't be a bad place because we're going back from the same source that we came from. And right. that awareness and that understanding, I think, is such a crucial component. And when you deal with the emotional, psychological issue of a patient that is facing their, uh, their transition to the next realm, I believe that the fear of death is the thing that actually takes away their most power. And once a person has faced death and they're not afraid of it anymore, those are the people that are still here today and that are doing fine because they've already faced that. It's that fear. It's, it's a fear that actually causes the problem. It's not 
the cancer. Cancer is only a symptom. And I've said that a thousand times, a million times. You've probably heard me say that yourself, Robert, off mm-hmm. the air a million times. Cancer is a symptom of an underlying issue, and it's yeah. an underlying issue of toxicity and malnourishment, and that malnourishment and toxicity is usually in combination with each other. I know we're getting ready to go to a break. I can hear the yeah. music coming on, so I'll shut up. Yeah, no, it's f- it, fear and anger as well, playing a, playing a role as the, as the emotional toxicities lead to spiritual toxicity or vice versa, and healing all of the bodies is important. And that's what we try to do here. Each and every week, Advanced Medicine Monday, Dr. Rashi Batar is with us, and we've got lots more healing to go. Check it out. The links are up at robertscottbell.com, as well as to the nine steps to keep the doctor away. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Oh, by the way, yes, it is the 5th of May. Um, in some places, they borrow some Spanish, and they call it Cinco de Mayo. And I asked the question earlier, Dr. Batar, is this a real holiday? You know, or is it like, as Superdon said, like, could it be just like a greeting card holiday, right? And our, 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 the love of our life out there, one of our most loyal listeners and her family, Sherazad, she is from Mexico. And she writes, she says, no, we don't celebrate that, Robert. I'm from Mexico and grew up and lived there until I was 15. She says, all I remember is my mom telling me it was another excuse for our people to celebrate sellouts. <laughs> she says, sorry if I'm there. Did we lose? There he is. No, I'm, there, I'm here. There. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what happened. There. You, you guys went dead there for a second. Um, actually, Robert, I didn't hear the last part of what you said, but I'll tell you something. It is a holiday for us, for me. Yes. Because May 5th is actually the day off the first date with my wife 14 years ago. See, we're finding really cool things to celebrate on Cinco de Mayo that are nothing to do with a holiday that is not really, a, you know, a Mexican holiday. Uh, you have, you know, connected with your wife. Then uh, we just talked to Renee Petro, who just succeeded in beating back Child Protective Services over her use of CBD for her son, Brandon, for a seizure disorder that he's getting tremendous help from. And CBS acknowledged that it is, yes, indeed, legal to use it. So we're finding ways that are outside of the so-called the bars that want to have you buy extra beer today, the real reasons to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Well, and I actually met with the rep of one of the companies that manufactures certain uh, healthcare products for us, and that was also interesting because it was his anniversary with his wife today as well. So, you know, it's, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are celebrating May 5th, but actually... That is something that I'm glad that it was brought up because I need to make sure that I remember to get uh, some flowers or something today. From ah, well, see, Excellent. look at that. We did, uh, yeah. we did Dr. Other, Batar a favor there. Right. Act, yeah, yeah. He, I, I, gave him, I did him a solid. Now, the, the next week he'll still be able to sit down. His tush won't be bruised by a butt kicking. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. And also, uh, Ty celebrated Cinco de Mayo by hanging out with me today and went into my son's school and talked about cancer, which was really cool to get you know a bunch of 7th and 8th graders plugged into this. Of course, my son asked, Ty, hey, Ty, can you talk to us about CBD and THC and cannabis? And, of course, all the kids snickered. Like, but it, it was a really great discussion of another aspect of, let's say, the suppressed cures for cancer that exist that are comprehensive and 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 there's a wide array of them but a lot of them or most of them actually come from the plants of creation yeah actually it's it's very interesting to see where that all is going to go robert um are you saying that your son actually asked ty on the air about that or uh, in front of, in his school 
Yeah, in his school, in his class, because uh, Ty came and spoke to the class uh, about cancer uh, based on, uh, you know, what we've done and also the, the, the co-author book, Unlock the Power to Heal. And you know, my son then asked about the CBD issue because, obviously, there's every state's now looking at decriminalizing or legalizing medical marijuana, things like that. There's an amendment, too, in Florida in November people are going to vote on. And, of course, the kids have not been exposed to the other side of this plant. They've only learned about it as, oh, it's some kind of drug that will get you high. That's pretty amazing. That is really amazing. Um, I think that the younger population becoming more and more aware of these types of, these types of issues earlier on in their educational process and especially understanding what the historical perspective is behind some of these things and what our forefathers thought about these plants that have been demonized now and they're completely natural. I know that, and I've said this before on the air as well, I know that what an eye-opening experience it was for me to hear Ty talk about the history behind some of these components. But uh, I'm so glad that he spoke at... Uh, with the, other than the fact that it's Ty, I'm, I'm glad that the information was presented to... <laughs> Young children that are growing up and that are learning about our history of our country and the, some of the great things. The only aspect that I'm, I've got somewhat hesitation about, though, is the fact that it was Ty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a he's a big guy too, and I, the kids were frightened of him. But no, no, he was very gentle. It was very nice. I was I was pleased that, that we could do that together. And like I said, we have a large loyal following among the young people out there, teenagers and even some preteens. Doctor Batari, you know. It's really exciting. Of course, you've done a lot and dedicated your life to helping those children that grow up and probably will raise their children way differently than they were raised. In fact, there was a, a, I just saw a video that probably was, was put together at your office from one of our listeners who I believe is a pharmacist, Eric, who he and his wife traveled across country by car to bring their son in to get help. And uh, he's been helped tremendously by what you've been able to offer. Yeah, actually... Um you probably remember Eric because he was at one of the advanced medicine seminars yes. uh, a year, year and a half ago, Robert. If you remember, you and I were waiting in line at a restaurant to eat, and he was the guy that was there. If you remember, he brought up yes. the fact that the first time. Well, he's the same person. He started coming to the clinic, and now his child is basically off the spectrum. Oh, man, it's a beautiful thing. We've got lots more healing to go. It is Advanced Medicine Monday here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check out all the links, including the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. They're all there at robertscottbell.com. Back with more powerful healing after this brief break. Stick around. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? The Robert Scott Bell Show. Take a walk on the wild side. Oh, righty then. You're everywhere, baby. Radio, TV, the papers. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Robert Scott Bell. Bell. And the Dr. Rashid Batar here at Advanced Medicine Monday. Uh, yesterday I was uh, taping with uh, Ty Bollinger, the, the truth about cancer. Dr. Batar did that last week. It's going to be pretty phenomenal from what I see. And uh, met Casey Krejci, this guy from Living Fuel. And he has his own online TV show, Dr. Batar. He asked me about vaccinations. And I brought up the issue of polio and kind of let him down. It wasn't like he didn't know about a lot of it. And, and I referenced, you know, of course, the, the, the tailing off of a lot of the diseases in the 20th century before the vaccines were even introduced. He understood that. But then when I, I mentioned the DDT, like Liam Sheff referenced, he didn't know that. A lot of folks don't. And now we have a new story by the World Health Organization declaring that polio is back. 
and it's an international threat, and we've got to do something about it. But then as you read through this story, they talk about it being prominent in Asia, in Africa, in the Middle East. And we're going, okay, that's not enough information. Where is this really going on? Th- you, you answer this, because I think you'll get this. Guess where it's, it's focused? Syria, Somalia, and Iraq. Any relation? Yeah. <laughs> There's a bear poop in the woods? <laughs> yeah, well, you're going to have to explain it better than that for our listeners. <laughs> Why is there a link that polio seems to be appearing, whatever it may be, in Syria, Somalia, and Iraq? Well, you know, this comes back, Robert, to what we had discussed about six months ago, and it comes back to Liam's book, actually, and it comes back to the fact that the difference between the virus hunters and, and actuality, what's happening, and when we look at, historically, the use of certain chemical compounds, such as DDT, uh, when you look at the use of DDT in industry and you plot that on a graph with the incidence of or the, the, the amount of DDT being used in commercialized uh, endeavors and then look at the time frame, you see as DDT rises, the rise of polio it mimics it. Everything is it's actually identical graph, almost identical graph. The only difference is they are uh, displaced by about six months. So as DDT goes up, the incidence of polio goes up. As DDT dips down, six months later, polio dips down. As DDT goes straight down as far as being uh, not used in commercial use, six months later you see the incidence of polio drop. Then you see DDT peak, you see six months later polio peak. The point being that the use of DDT was conspicuously uh, predictive of the incidence of polio. And this is going back, you know, however many years we're talking about. And they used to be commercials uh, or ads. And Robert, remind me again what the ad was. It was a rhyme, something about but they had pictures of children sitting there. And they said... Oh, yeah, D- DDT, good for me. You know, smiling, yeah. happy children, right? That's right. DDT, good for me, exactly. So those... You know, industry back then, it, DDT wasn't associated as being a carcinogenic substance, that it wasn't considered to be something that was dangerous to mankind. But the virus hunters had to come up with a virus to go after as the incidence of polio went up higher and higher. And, of course, they made this thing about polio and, and you know, vaccines for polio. But by that time, DDT was discovered to be something dangerous, and it was taken off the market. And as it was taken off the market, so did the incidence of polio disappear, and that's basically what's happened. Now you ask the question about Somalia, Iraq, and... Uh, Syria. And Syria. Yeah, so what, what are the commonalities between those three countries? Well, I mean, for me, immediately they're war-torn, just, exactly. you know, just absolutely bombed-out countries for many years now. Right, and they've all had chemical warfare. Yes. Yes. The war-torn, the impoverished, a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of emotional, psychological stress on a constant basis, chemicals introduced into the system. Infrastructure destroyed. Infrastructure like uh, sanitation destroyed. Exactly. Exactly. No clean water or or very limited clean water, uh, you know, human waste. what about Not, what about the depleted uranium munitions used? Well, exactly. Okay, there you go. Now you're talking about smart bombs and dirty bombs, and the mm-hmm. use of uranium and plutonium, and what that's doing to the to the system. So the chemical, metal, lack of hygiene, mm-hmm. lack of clean uh, sources of nutrition, and then on top of that, immunosuppressive components, 
not only from a toxic load from metals and chemicals, but also from the, I mean, how, how emotionally toxic do you think a person is when they don't know if tomorrow they're going to die or they're going to be live, whether the child is going to be able to eat the next day or whatever the case is. So you've got a situation, all three of these countries, where polio is just perfect to come back. Now, unless somebody says, oh, well, you know, now we're trying to say that uh, not able to clean your hands is going to uh, increase the incidence of polio. That's not what we're saying, but we are saying that there is a measurable, easily measurable difference between those three countries and what the people are experiencing there from a chemical, uh, metal, and other toxic load standpoint, as mm-hmm. well as the lack of nutrition standpoint, that would easily explain why polio is on an uprise in those countries. Well, you know, is it pocket scientists to figure that out? Yeah, isn't the nervous system, the neurological system, susceptible to any number of assaults? Like, let's say, if we talk about depleted uranium munitions, we talk about the immunosuppressant action of low-level radiation over time. For one, I mean, that's just one. Your defenses are going to be down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And once the defenses are down, now you've basically started the domino effect, and it's going to cascade and build upon itself, and you start spiraling down. And that's where these opportunistic uh, infections come from. This is why in the seven toxicities philosophy that I have that I talked about in the book, the third toxicity is the opportunistics. And that's because they need an opportunity to set up house. That's the bacteria, the virus, the spirochetes, the mycoplasma, the yeast, etc., etc. But they are not isolated. They don't just pop up in everybody. They Mm -hmm. have to pop up in in a system, in a biological system that has been immunosuppressed, where the immune system has been damaged or decreased the efficacy if it's no longer the same as it was before, right. and that's usually from the heavy metals, the, the, the persistent organic pollutants, but then the energetics, which is the fourth toxicity, the fifth one, emotional, psychological. The, the order of these toxicities, by the way, is not in the order of importance. They're really in the order of as they were revealed to me or as I discovered them, but that fifth one, the emotional, psychological, in my book is the greatest one. But the heavy metals, the chemicals, the energetics, these are all mm-hmm. just completely annihilating the system. And when you put them all together, it's yeah. just a wonder that humans can actually still walk this planet and not be, you know, that we've not just disappeared off the planet. Yep. And if you want to get this kind of wisdom just uh, right in person, come on down to Autism One, AutismOne.org, or check it out, AutismDefined.net. Both of those are linked in the show notes today. Dr. Batar will be there. I'll be there. A whole host of other good folks will be there bringing this kind of information and the power to heal back to you. And this article, interestingly enough, has a picture from Syria where they're holding the children's mouths open to, to, to administer this oral polio uh, vaccine, or in some cases they're, they're doing the injectable form. And, you know, this is a promotion for World Health Organization, along with the pharmaceutical vaccine industrial complex, to pull at the heartstrings and say, we need more money, we need more funding, we need more everything. Call who? Call Bill Gates and Gavi, and they'll come in and they will intoxicate these children, either orally or via injection, and not address any of the terrain issues we brought up specific to these war-torn regions. And we need to, as a human race, as a global uh, society, be aware of this. Being aware of this is m- the most important component. Being aware so that we can then, if for nothing else, uh, consciously set that intention that this misinformation that's going out there and that people are being propagated and people are being um, influenced and fear-motivated into starting to preventively vaccinate the children from polio for whatever uh, other nonsense is going to end up happening. Because this, this is a propaganda piece, Robert. You know that. 
what are they, what is their next step? What is their agenda? What are they going to try to tell people? Because uh, in Syria and Iran, and I'm sorry, in Iraq and Syria and uh, Somalia, now with this increase in polio, what are they going to recommend? Prevention of polio throughout the world? Who knows what they're going to recommend? But being aware of it is going to now empower you with knowledge, and nobody can take advantage of you when you're empowered by knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that knowledge is in, in, encompassed in uh, the nine steps to keep the doctor away, of course, by Dr. Rasha Bittar. We, re- we reference our good friend Liam Sheff. His book, Official Stories, gives you insights that uh, you just don't just read anywhere. Uh, and, and, of course, that's why you tune in each week to uh, Advanced Medicine Monday. That's why I show up. You never know what's going to happen with Dr. Bittar. It's just exciting. It's an adrenaline rush, Dr. Bittar. <laughs> Well, I, don't, I know we never planned for the show. Maybe maybe it wouldn't be such an adrenaline rush if we actually planned the show. I know, I know. It's like, you know, normally you kind of at least talk about, well, maybe we'll do this or that. It's like with Dr. Bittar, you don't get that opportunity. You just got to jump into the deep end and hope you know how to swim. <laughs> well, I, I, like we talked about the, the cutout when we lost you for a second, that Don and I could just uh, take over the show and do something totally different. But I actually started thinking, well, if it wasn't me or you, Robert, then I wonder which way it would go if Don was doing the show. <laughs> you know, Don has some good good insights. He does, and and we appreciate him backing us up here. And in fact, on Thursday, I'm going to take a day. Um, the, the kids have a, a kind of a field trip to a spring, and I'm going to go out there. So we've got uh, Joni Abbott. Uh, she's uh, from Homegrown Health. She's a wonderful sweetheart. She really loves to focus on birthing issues, so natural childbirth, and moving it out of the medicalization of bringing babies into the world. So Super Don often does some co-hosting with her, and it's great. Awesome. That's great. So we got, uh, let's see, another story here. You know, we got about a, a minute or so before the next break, but I'm going to be on Jerry Doyle's show later tonight uh, because the questionable link between saturated and fat and heart disease is being exposed uh, in the Wall Street Journal. And this is 50-plus years they've been attacking butter, cheese, steak, saturated fat, and saying it's all going to give you a heart attack. It turns out that all the basis for it, fraud, lies, ego, but not real science. Well, absolutely. That's something that I've told my patients for for well over a decade and a half, that the statin drug fiasco is completely misinformation designed to get people to get on a drug that is going to cause their livers to fail, cause muscle weakness, and all sorts of other medical problems arising, everything from fatigue to dry mouth and every other thing that you can imagine. But um, in actually the nine steps, I talk about margarine, for example, or when they talk about butter substitutes. Uh, margarine is great if you're going to use it for your greasing of your axle of your vehicle. Right. Only, only like replace the motor oil in your car. It'll work the same. Don't put it in your body. Exactly. It's a liquid plastic. And so yeah. just imagine if you take a piece of plastic and put it over your head, can you breathe? Right. Some members can't actually ventilate that. It's, a, it's, a, it's one of the worst things that you can do for yourself. Exactly. So correcting uh, 50, 60, 70 years of the mistakes of modern medicine, we get to do that each week here on Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Bittar. we got one more segment to wrap it up and uh, kick this week off in great style, and uh, that is unless we get hijacked by Super Don and Jack Bauer. We'll stick around and find out if that happens next. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert will be right back.
bumpers today, but there's like some kind of psychic link because Chicago is where we're going. We're going the 21st through the 25th. Chicago, Illinois, the Intercontinental Hotel over there at O'Hare for the Autism One Conference. Dr. Batar will be joining us, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Big Parents Workshop. If you haven't signed up, check it out, autismdefined.net. Also, we'll get you a lot of great information there. Uh, Dr. Batar will have – I pray that you'll have some of your books there for folks you can sign. And uh, then again, we'll be together in Asheville, North Carolina, with Ty Bollinger as well for the Healing Revolution Summit. Dr. Batar will be doing uh, uh, some CE course as well, and uh, it's just going to be a great time in the Southern Appalachians with you. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And Chicago, hopefully anybody that has ever had a concern about how toxicity relates to autism, I honestly can't recommend enough that you be there. And there's going to be over, I think it's 110 speakers, right, Robert? I, I don't know if it's – yeah, it's huge. The autism one is huge. The the one in Asheville is – I don't think it's as big, but there's a lot of cool stuff and a lot of folks and a lot of focus on healing the healers, which I love that because there are enough folks that put themselves out to help others, and sometimes they neglect themselves. Right. Well, I was just going to point out that the one thing is that uh, 10 years ago, May of uh, last – May 6th, actually, tomorrow – uh, will be the 10-year anniversary of when I testified in front of the U.S. Congress. So Autism One will happen a couple of weeks later, so it will be just after that 10-year anniversary. And I can tell you that I don't think it's a mistake, and I know you had a lot to do with it, Robert, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's a mistake that off the Friday, Saturday, and I'm sorry, the Thursday, Friday, and Saturday keynotes, they only have one keynote each day, uh, you and I are doing the first one on Thursday. I'm doing the one on Friday, and then they've got a panel of doctors on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives you an idea of, of where the emphasis has gone and where the emphasis is going. But um, I can tell you that this information, if you've ever had a question of if there is a possibility, uh, I'm going to show not only possibility, I'm going to release data that has never been released before that nobody has ever seen, that not patients and or providers have ever seen. This data has been compiled and it's representative of over 8.5 million data points that have been collected, and it will show you without any doubt whatsoever, using an SF36 patient outcome-based research model, the results of what is possible if the right things are done and the toxicity is removed from a child that has autism. And you will see just a sampling, just 140 cases of children that have been treated using our protocol, and not just my, my treatment of patients, meaning it's my treatment, but my protocol being used not just by myself in this clinic, but other doctors using the same exact protocol. So we will see that it's proven in a multi-center basis. It's not just something that we're doing here. It can be reproduced anywhere. Well, and that, this to me is a gift for the community because, you know, the, the experience I've had the last couple of years uh, being there you know, and meeting the families that have been impacted this way, vaccine injured or other, uh, you know, issues related to mercury or the perception maybe, well, I'm not sure if it's mercury. You know, there was a lot of confusion out there too. But the resolve, you know, these, these people do have a resolve. They're fighting for their kids. But there, weren't, there's not, there wasn't necessarily a cohesiveness and embracing of, of all the success stories that I think need to be heard, need to be witnessed, need to be seen, because that's the difference, seeing these living examples, not just hearing about things theoretically, but actually seeing them, witnessing, and I think that's the opportunity that happens at this event. And I think that 
in addition to that, unfortunately, the population that's been affected by this, the parents, I'm referring to the parents right now, um, they are in a state of desperation. They are willing to um, grab on to anything, and they are a lot of people with misinformation, even within this own community, that are catering to these parents and to their desperation, which is something that has been sad to see. And the, the funniest thing is that I've actually been accused of that by the by the mainstream and, uh, you know, in, in major media. And the only difference is we've got results to prove it. We've got not 10 or 100, probably 300, 400 videos of patients that have been taken before and after, and we've got, you know, over well over 1,900 cases that we've treated uh, over the last uh, 15 years or so. But the proof is in the pudding, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to present that proof. Yeah. Yeah, bringing the power to heal back where it belongs. And, uh, you know, this is it. This is our life's work, our mission. We get to do it once a week on the radio as well. And we're grateful for you, Dr. Batar. Can't wait to see you in Chicago. Uh, remember, the place to go for health, freedom, and healing liberty right here. And we've got links to drbatar.com as well. We're left to remind you with this for today. The power to heal is still yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.